0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is episode eight of It's Okay to Love Yourself, and my name is Katherine Yazzi. I wanted to record this quick intro to my conversation with our guest today, who is Rachel Estapa. Rachel is the founder of Mortal Love Yoga, which is how I I know her, how I met her. Um, I I believe I found out about More to Love Yoga through my therapist. She actually introduced it to me and I uh, started taking classes with Rachel I believe either in April or May of this year. It was really something that was helpful when we were in the strictest part of, of lockdown and obviously the pandemic is still a thing still happening so classes have continued to be virtual and, and through zoom but it's just been really great to have that type of outlet to connect with other people really kind caring people who um you know go to rachel's classes and are are there to connect with themselves and uh the space. I talk about this a little bit in the episode, just because I couldn't help myself but just to start gushing a little bit of how how much I really have loved her classes and how impactful they've been to me. Um, for someone like myself who's been to so many different fitness classes in the in the Boston area, it's there's just something really special about going to a class that is specifically designed and the space is is designed and meant for people who, are, who live in larger bodies. There's just something about that that when you show up and you just automatically know that you have something in common with everyone there and it just removes that pressure and it removes any anxiety around are people staring at me? Are they judging me? Um, it's pretty... Pretty amazing to experience, and yeah, Rachel was an incredible guest. We, you know, connected through her classes, and I asked her if she would come on the podcast, and it was so awesome just to get to know her a little bit more through our conversation, talking about how she discovered yoga, a little bit about her background. Um, we talk about, you know, big life changes, especially this year where really everyone's plans I think have been thrown completely out the window, um, and how how everything happening in the world has really impacted how we feel about wellness and about how people's um, perceptions and and routines and and just everything is changing. Um, And then the last thing that we kind of talk about in this episode is her own experience. Like she and her husband had COVID-19 and she wrote an incredible article, I'm gonna link it in the show notes, Um, and I, she shared that with the more to love community. via Her email newsletter. And I remember reading it and just being really struck by her honesty and her vulnerability. And she was kind enough to talk through what that experience was like for her and, you know, kind of how she coped with it and, and yeah, what that was like. So figured it was really timely. And, and again, I think it's, it was, it was really powerful to hear from someone who's who's gone through it And yeah, I just really can't say enough good things about her. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. All right. Well, hi. Welcome, Rachel.
1: Hi. Yes. Virtual welcomes. Yes. Yes. Thank you
0: so much for being here. I'm so glad that we were able to arrange this conversation and, and yeah, just get to know you and, and share your story a bit more with, with the world.
1: (laughs) Awesome. And thank you for putting this together. You know, it's, I always say like it's, it's, a lot of effort to create something in the world, especially something that's so close to ourselves, our bodies, yeah. how we feel about ourselves. So kudos to you for putting it out there because honestly, so many people, including myself, have not made a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a big deal. So that's awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. It took me, it took me quite some time to feel ready to do it, but it's been, it's been great to be able to connect with other people. And um, yeah, it's, I think, Hearing other people's stories is what really inspired me to do this, so it's really fantastic to be able to share my own and then talk to with other people as well, so thank yeah, you. <laughs>
1: nice. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I'd love to start off and just have you share a bit about yourself and your background um, for those who are listening who may not know you.
1: Sure. Uh, well, um, my name is Rachel, <laughs> uh, Rachel <laughs> Stappa and I'm from the Boston area. So, you know, where you live and where I like, this is my backdrop of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for a big chunk of my life, I would say up until my early mid twenties, my whole MO was change my body, change my body. And it was a combination of, of being a chubbier kid growing up and just sort of what doctors and family and the society aspect of that, none of us are immune to the pressures of body shame right yeah for some for some for some people it can kind of roll off your back right for others like me perhaps you it becomes such like a a struggle inside and you know gone through all the dieting, all the exercises, all the doing the, the quote unquote right things that I'm supposed to be doing with my body at the expense of actually understanding and learning what did I like? Like who, who, <laughs> yeah. who was I if I wasn't pursuing this weight loss goal? Um, because again, for folks that probably I'm guessing have gone down that road of of actively trying to change your body, once the like initial compliments and excitement wears off, all the stuff, and now the burden of trying to keep up with that lifestyle of health and wellness or whatever we're describing, it's exhausting. So by the time I was in my early 20s, uh, I was honestly exhausted from sort of like this sense of why do I keep trying to change myself when fundamentally it's not making me happy and that really was a huge moment for me and it's where the term more to love my business comes from because i sat down you know defeated after failed attempt number thousand whatever and i was like there's got to be more to love about me than what i weigh and the the piece of that that came back was i don't know what i like about myself really Taking that a step further, and I think that this is something that a lot of us in larger bodies struggle with is that the truest, deepest parts of ourselves are so tender and vulnerable that we hide it from our own from our own selves so really, the first step for me into body acceptance was actually self acceptance and self love and the practice of that, which is messy and there 's no script, and I just sort of Being someone that always loved learning, being someone that was sort of drawn to like the more spiritual side of life and the more physical side of things, like I just dove right on in Mm -hmm. and I kept kept it close for years, similar to how you were just saying, you kind of have these ideas in your head about talking about your, your struggles and talking about things honestly. It takes time, right? We can't just sort of open up one day and all of a sudden just have it all sorted out. So really the genesis of more to love first started with me which is common for a lot of folks in in this. But the more that I practiced sharing my processes, my stories, my struggles, my triumphs, the more I heard other people being like, wow, that sounds really cool. I wish I knew how to blah, or I wish I knew that I could go to whatever. And that's when I started to say, wow, I can pair together this very deeply intimate, personal thing for me and go to coaching school and learn how to help other people work through body image stuff, go to yoga school and help larger bodies understand that yoga is something that is available to us. It's just that a lot of other people don't look like us or haven't had the experiences that we do. So it's sort of been piece by piece of of checking in with myself, checking in with the people in the immediate community, which grows time and time again. Um, And it's been an amazing experience to uh, be known for the thing that I still to this day struggle with like I'm, I'm very uh, very open that like I do not have my body image stuff fixed I don't mm-hmm. need it to be fixed it's yeah. I know how to handle it right and it's been such like a rewarding um, process and challenging too <laughs> so. yeah
0: yeah thank you for sharing I feel like there's so many things that you said that I think having done a few of these so far like I just think the theme of like feeling like you know on the inside like this is something that's really important to you and um but not feeling comfortable like putting it out there in the world because the world is so that phobic it's so uh you know it's so forceful in telling us all how we're supposed to be and eat and behave and move and I think like that is something I can like completely relate to and and I love just that the also the theme of just being exhausted and just like feeling like there's no way I can continue doing this. That was very similar to my own experience of like, I'm so tired and drained from constantly being on edge. Like I think you're just in that fight, flight, freeze mode constantly and moving through life at that like surface level of like just trying to kind of keep it all together. (laughs) And that is just, you know, unsustainable. So I think that's something I really related to a lot of what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And you know, there they're for me, like I I'm an old soul. I've heard that my whole life, just sort of like drawn to those like deeper self growth, personal development stuff. That for me it's 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 almost impossible to go down the road of of body love and body acceptance acceptance without factoring in that sense of like why do we feel the way we do about ourselves? And more more often than not, it comes down from self-consciousness around shame. Yeah. And that stuff happens before we're even aware that it's happening. It happened with our parents or grandparents, like everybody, nobody is exempt from shame, right? Yep. But, but the process of self-love, self-growth, self-healing is not to snap away the shame it's to learn from it and to integrate it because um you know for being a larger body for for all all of my life except for maybe that like one summer back in high school um, (laughs) um right uh i got really good at at protecting the the softer core parts of myself at the expense of being myself. Yeah. So shame and self-consciousness and a sense of rejection, they all now have a seat at the table with me rather than trying to hide them. And I know that that's like, that's not easy, yeah. <laughs> right? That's that's what therapists are for. That's yeah. <laughs> what counseling is for. That's what trauma-induced healing modalities are for. And I try to kind of not put that burden on people with more to love, but, but someone that is like you, um, attracted to this type of work has to value the self-growth and also the community and the collective aim of what body acceptance is really saying. And I think what body acceptance is really saying is I've got a right to exist in what I have in my body right now without changing it, without fixing it, without apologizing for it. And those are processes. It's again, these are not things that just come naturally to us. Mm -hmm. Um, so to me, it's, it's just as much as a self process as it is in finding um, a community of people that get it, that support you on the road to wherever your wellness is going to take you.
0: Yep. Yep. And I love your emphasis. I think you said this in your last, um, note too, but around just the fact that like this is a, an evolving process and you're never going to completely just, you know, snap out of all that shame you felt and, and just become a new person. Like it's something you have to work with and develop. I'm wondering what did that process look like for you? You mentioned, you know, going to school and really kind of analyzing your own thoughts and questioning yourself, which I think is so important. Was there what else was kind of part of that practice that helped you starts that journey out of being so consumed in those in those shameful thoughts and and patterns. Sure.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really good it's a really good um question to have um because you know looking back my teens and my early twenties, now it's easier to understand that I was actually struggling with depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. layered with, but like not uncommon. Um, the big turning point for me honestly came when I lost my first job out of college Mm -hmm. to the recession in, in 2008. And I saw, you know, I lost my job. Which, you know, whatever, I was only there for like two years, so who cares? Yeah. Um, but I saw my parents after 30 plus years lose their jobs mm. and how devastating it was. And it sucked. But at the same time, I was like, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to like figure out who I am and what I want to do with my life so that I'm not going to be in that scenario again. So I was like an avid, like consuming so much literature resources from ancients, from moderns. And I landed on this field of called positive psychology, which I'm sure um, it looks like you, you understand that, but positive psychology was really popular around like, two, you know, 20 uh, 2008, 2009. And it really was trying to say that, you know, we focus so much on what's wrong with us. Let's spend some scientific time focusing on what is quote unquote right with us. Like, what are the good things about you as people, strengths, characteristics? And I really, um, I really chewed into that because it helped me lean on things that I really enjoyed about myself. Like I'm someone that, I get excited very easily. Like I'll see a butterfly and all of a sudden be like "Oh, butterfly. Like there's just this natural joy that I have, but because of the weight shame, I was suppressing it so much. So sort of this like back and forth of where are the edges of, of what's been habit, Of hiding myself, and how do I want to lean more into my natural strengths? Like, who am I, regardless of the scenario? That is something that I enjoy about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then that, like, kind of tuning into those um, patterns and rhythms, I just really know that my life is cyclical. Like, I definitely subscribe to the rhythms of the seasons. Like fall has a feel compared to spring. Spring has a feel compared to winter. And I lean into what's already like, what the universe has been doing for the past billion years. Like, um, and that helps helps me understand that like my body gets to change, right? Mm. My attitudes and my ideas get to change also. So it's so much of dieting and that like, um, that desire to get somewhere is still in you even if you quit dieting like body acceptance yeah. can sort of look like oh it has to look like this no it doesn't and the point is to try to understand that there are things that come in and out of your life and help remind you of what makes you feel good what you need to let go of so it's much much more of a an internal process um, than than just sort of checking off a list because to me again that's just diet mentality like you know oh i felt i felt i little, little things that we do to kind of boost ourselves, they're fine, but they're not really what we're trying to get at. Like, I think all of us are trying to get at this sense of being okay with, of how we're showing up for ourselves. Um, And that wellness today may not look like that tomorrow and being okay with the adjustments of that.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so fascinating. I, I don't know if I've told you this in an earlier class, but I also was laid off this year with the pandemic. And I think what you said about how that type of event can really kind of wake you up to, okay, what now? And I think this last six months for me has been such a time of like turning inward and really thinking what really is going to make me happy and what, what tools can I learn and, and just dig into to, to start being myself. And like, I think it's been, it's been interesting just how it, that has given me a lot of space and time to figure those things out. Whereas before, like if, if that never happened, I doubt I would be doing this podcast or talking to you. And so I think that's, it's, it's interesting that that type of event was also something that helped kind of catalyze you into this new direction and, and just learning those different perspectives to kind of help you incorporate it into the into your day-to-day because I think that's so important it's for me I'm like trying to create these like practices and within my days weeks months that help me stay at that baseline rather than looking outside of myself to help keep me up there right and I think I really like what you said around giving yourself permission that like your body's going to change your mood the seasons like I I think that's such an important thing to come back to is that like if you're having an off day it's that's normal. And like, it'll change and it'll pass. And just like accepting that for what it is.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. And and one of the practices that I started in my early twenties around this time that I was sort of like waking up to myself and I still do this today. And maybe this is helpful for you and other people listening is that I know that those uh, let's just call them sour moments, like sour mood, bad times, they're going to come right. Yeah. It's going to happen. And so for me, what I do is I, think about future Rachel in those really stressful situations that would tend to kind of spiral me down. And I'll like write notes to that version of myself or create like opportunities to let her know that like, it's okay. Like this, you know, you've been here before. It's sort of, of, of that sort of future, future self that we're trying to love and cultivate. And I think that it's such like a, it's been a really interesting practice for me because it's like, I know that I can't bullshit myself, right? Like, in in the moment when we're all stressed and feeling down, it's so easy to believe nonsense. Yeah, and that's just how our brains work. Like, you know, the illogical just takes over. So, being able to, when you're in those like grounded, centered spaces in your day, in your life, to kind of pay that forward, sort of like soul. I call it soul insurance. I don't know. <laughs> um, it is. I mean, and yeah. It, it, nine times out of ten it works it's like oh yeah like of course I'm feeling this way because of xyz like it's really hard to to see the bigger picture of our efforts and our and our and our goodness when we're in the middle of something so like yeah. you said like that that trauma of this year I mean we haven't even talked like I, I know bit, like, we haven't even talked about 2020 we're talking about yeah you know I'm still sorting out stuff from <laughs> a decade ago um same <laughs> yeah but like it really is true that you learn the most about yourself through the shit yeah and and we wish it wasn't that way no one wishes that but it crisis fo- forces us to reflect on what's essential right and and it's also it's also fascinating how quickly we can clear out the unessential in a crisis like yeah how much that stuff that mattered before it like it's like that, that that's, that's ridiculous so it's stressful and it's and it's exhausting which is a theme but at the same <laughs> time it's very cleansing and rewarding to them like that's kind of how i describe confidence i describe confidence as always this this reminder of what's important to you and sort yeah. of coming back to it rather than being something that's like external and everyone else has to vote on it like, oh, she's so confident. I think confidence can be those little steps of reminding and bringing you back to what you know is true about yourself. And oftentimes no one ever has to know. Like yeah. when feel good, you don't have to share that, which again, our, our culture of oversharing and putting things on media and sort of proving our efforts, yep. to me, that reinforces a sense of diet mentality, sort of proving your efforts. Are you a good? Like, I don't want to engage in that because that's a trap for me. That's a trigger back into the spiral of comparing myself to other people. And now we're just back again to yep. I'm not good enough. Yep. Ugh, so,
0: yep. I've definitely become aware. I'm, um, I in June hired a business coach and I'm actually starting to work on my own. Uh, kind of new venture and running programs and stuff. And I, through my time with her, I've really come to see that prover side of me and like really trying to keep that in check because I think as someone who never felt good enough because of my body, I think like, I just completely fell into that trap of I need the job and I need these things to show and to prove that I'm still good. And like, I think that that, has been, like, a huge eye-opener this summer, especially of, like, when, like, how do I react when I'm feeling that no one, like, I can't hold anything up for others to see and, like, approve of and, like, really trying to find that, find that within myself.
1: It's true. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that for folks in More to Love, there is this, this trait among us, myself included, of being heart-centered helpers. Yeah. Which, which is something beautiful in society. Like honestly, the helpers are what are keeping this country together right now. But it also comes at a toll when we don't honor and respect our own limitations and our own boundaries. Like I'm notorious for forcing and pushing myself through discomfort, yeah. out of necessity. You know, just had to had to get things done. But now that life has sort of forced us all to slow down and pause, I can see how much that helper attitude it's wonderful except when it's not right (laughs) Right? (laughs) and and again that's that's that part of that negotiation that that cyclical nature of our health and well-being that um we want to push through our things of discomfort but really those are opportunities and lessons for us to sit with because we're useless to other people if we can't keep our own like self situated and together um and it is something that i find a lot a a really big common thread in the folks that come through more to love the sense of wanting to do good and are genuinely good people it's just that at the edge of the expense of tapping it out to other people and now leaving our own reserves empty like we've given out the best to everyone else and now we're stuck with sort of like this so with that in mind, that's how I, I can, with Mortal Love Yoga and the, and the approaches, understand that baseline because so many of us have that trait yeah. and how do, you, how do you manage that? How do you sit with that? How do you um, speak the language physically, emotionally, spiritually to that reality of people like you, like me, who wanna do good work in the world? Mm-hmm. Like That's it, Like that's what it boils down to. You wanna be a good person in the world. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and I think just hearing you talk about it too, I, I feel so many ties to what you're saying about just mortal love yoga and, you know, having gone to the classes. And I think my, my perception of what yoga is has changed dramatically over the years, right? Like I think I remember having a book in high school, yoga for weight loss, right? Cause I was just consumed with yep. dieting and was always on a diet and that was like the new thing. Well, maybe I could do this. And I I looked at it as much more posture focused, athletic, mm-hmm. right? Like doing, doing things to, for exercise and to ultimately help, pers- help myself pursue that thinness. And I think as I got older and started, uh, Taking more classes, but also learning from other people who looked more like me and them talking about what yoga is and just going deeper it's been it's been great to just be able to let that <laughs> version of what I thought yoga was go and really see it for this way for me to connect to myself and move and and I think like I, I think of moments in your classes where like you you know you encourage us to to you know touch parts of our body and really connect with that, like things that you don't do when you're just going about your day and I think that's so special um I'm wondering for you like when did you how, how did you learn about yoga and like what was your journey into starting I love you know the name uh, inspiration just coming from yourself but how did you get into the yoga mm-hmm. space
1: yeah. Um, exactly how you said, uh, a, stu- a studio opened up around the corner from me and I was like, Oh, I heard that's a good way to lose weight. Yeah. And I went to said studio. It was in July, uh, January in Boston, which is, if you don't live here, it's like bone crushingly cold. Yeah, <laughs> like, And so, uh, I'll tell, I'll kind of tell the story here. Um, so I went to this yoga studio I had always been athletic. Like, I, I soccer and stuff was my jam. So I was always very, like, I knew the moves, the physicality, because I had been trying to lose weight forever. So I go to the yoga studio and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the largest person there. Okay. I'm, I'm used to that in a way. Um, so we're going through things and I'm completely clueless. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then the heat turns on. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> hot, it's, a, it's a hot yoga class. So, so this dynamic, which, which we were talking about, this sort of like keeping up, Right. Yeah. Prove like, prove that you belong here. Like I totally yeah. was doing that. And I pushed myself way too far and I ended up on the verge of passing out. Oh my goodness. And so I had to run out of the, I like, literally just like ran out of the studio, like fat girl running through a crowd, um, <laughs> pushing through people to go onto uh Mass Ave, which is like the main street in the in, in, in Boston yep. area. Yep. Freezing cold. And I was, like, practically naked because, like, I took off all my stuff. I was just, like, <gasps> and, like, people were walking by. I felt so embarrassed. Yeah. Just just so embarrassed. And that embarrassment is uh, – I have yet to find someone that has gone to a yoga class and just, like, walked out feeling better than they ever did. Like, the first right. yoga classes are usually disastrous. And I didn't go to a studio for, like, another few months. Um, the next time I went, I went to another studio. <laughs> I was like, okay, hot yoga is not for me. And again, the same thing, like I hid in the back. Like that was my, like, yeah. come, in little, come in a little late, hide in the back, like, make, like, you know, just be a, be a, be a sleuth, like be invisible, yeah. which again is another fat person issue. Um, but then during a class, I started to close my eyes during yoga and it was like a completely different I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I just felt so in tune with myself. Like I didn't care what people around me were doing. I didn't care even what the teacher was like. I just didn't care. Yeah. And I was like this, whatever this is, I want more of it. So that really is what brought me down the path of trying to learn yoga Based on this experience that I had of just tuning into myself, not from the anatomy, not from the structure, not from the this pose is better than that pose. And honestly, it was really hard to find places that were talking about yoga from this sort of internal way. Um, and then I eventually went to a retreat center out in the Berkshires. It's called Kripalu. I went there for a retreat, again, a weight loss retreat um, at the time. but. I was like, oh, they have yoga classes. They have yoga teacher trainings. And that little that little earworm was in my mind for about five years before I actually said, mm. I want to I learn yoga. I want to yeah. teach yoga specifically to larger bodies because nothing existed in, in the Boston area at all. Yeah. New England, East Coast, I don't yeah. even know. Um, And I saw it as such a huge opportunity to... Show other people that you don't have to be embarrassed. Like, what if what if we had a yoga that took the barrier of shame down right away? Yeah. Like at least one part of the barrier, and it caught on like 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 lightning. I I got trained. I was certified in a month. I lived in the yoga studio, yoga community for a solid month. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. (laughs) I don't think I could do it again (laughs) because I was just like, whoa, this is intense. Yep. Um, And then within two weeks I had started Mortal of Yoga and like my first class was a random illegal one in the park and I had like seven people show up and I was like, cool, like, wow, okay, this is a thing, like, when's our next class? I was like, I don't know, let me find a space. So, and that's really how it started. Um, That's how, that's how it emerged. And the whole point of Mortal of Yoga is really to help you, me, everyone feel like Your body is something that you can talk with without putting an expectation on and again you've taken classes with me i spend a lot of time sort of going over the basics and the essentials mainly so that you don't have to worry about it like you don't have to worry about your posture once you kind of sort things out then it's all an intro an an inner an inner experience rather yeah um and it's it's just my favorite part is seeing someone come to a class with that look of like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? And then it melt, <laughs> and then it melting away. Yeah. Either when they talk with me or talk with some people or experience, like that, that shift from fear of, do I belong here to then, oh my God, I'm so glad I came. That honestly is my favorite part of yeah. why I continue, why I continue to do this. So it's been hard in virtual yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's, it's been a huge shift. Yeah. Um, but also g- kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, it should change up like that's the life lesson for us all like stuff changes stuff evolves like it reaches its its potential and then you have to reevaluate it and then you start back over again like so me personally like i'm now creating a new the new chapter of mortal love like what does this look like when we can't gather in person for the next right. year at least um and what does this mean for wellness what does our wellness look like when we're stuck at home yeah right? do we have spaces in our lives that that give us a, a, a place to pull away? Most of the time, the answer is no. So then, yep. you know, this is for you. If you're creating businesses around this, you have to meet people where they honestly are at, not where you want them to be. Kind of going back to that, like the stress, the exhaustion, like it's always coming back to the essentials of what people's day-to-day experiences are yeah. um, in wellness and yoga and life. And that, that's what gets people like feeling like they're moving along with you rather than a lot of teachers just sort of do this, do that. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not that type of person. So more to love is not going to look that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just going back to what you're saying around creating that environment where people can walk in and maybe have a little apprehension, but, but like ease into it. I think even I've, I've only gone to the virtual classes of more to love and it's so interesting just how immediately I just feel comfortable. Like, I think even the first class I went to, like, obviously I didn't really know <laughs> yeah. what I was going to be there and what to really expect, but there's just something about hopping on or just being in a space, whether it's in person or virtual, where everyone is like you, and you know that without even having to say anything, and everyone can just kind of appreciate that, like, this was created for us. I think, especially in Boston, I, for so many years, I felt like, I haven't been able to like create a community of people who are like me. And like, I think I've gone, you know, love, I love spin classes and like, I feel like I'm always like the bigger person in all those classes. And it's just, I've tried to find like a, a space that's, that I can just be myself. And I feel like I hadn't found that until going to those classes and being like, I can do yoga in a sports bra and (laughs) leggings in my house. And like, I feel amazing and confident and like everyone else can just do them and we're all here to just take a collective break and just relax and yeah, yeah. so I just, I just want to say thank you for starting it because I, I I do really like every time I show up to something like that it reminds me how important that is when you don't feel like you can see yourself in places or you're you're the person in the back mm-hmm. avoiding trying to be seen that was totally me right and I think like it's I just want to emphasize like for other people who might be looking for a space like that, like it is completely uh, just life-changing and just so great to go somewhere where you feel so accepted and, and like everything's okay.
1: Oh, that, well, that honestly, <laughs> that's, that's like point means that I'm, that, I, that I'm following my path, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I always felt like I had a hard time finding where I belonged and when I, once I realized that, oh, everybody kind of feels this way, that we're all sort of, then it's sort of like meet, again, meet people. Like I know people are anxious and scared coming to you. Like it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. So it's like, instead of, you know, one, one time in the in-person classes and, and I'm trying to do it a virtual, but it's a little trickier. Like if you, most people who go to yoga classes, you're almost like attending this temple where it's mm-hmm. silent and there's like wind chimes and it's just i mean again a lot of like there is this there's a time and a place for that more i realized very quickly mortal love was not gonna be that space people chat People yeah. talk about, like, I will be like, yo, you got new leggings on, like, tell us where you got your leggings. Like, wh- it's, it's, it's as much as a, an activity of the body and the self as it is, is gathering people together without yeah. without shame. Um, And I just find that it's so much more enjoyable to also let other people participate in the community. And it's actually something that I'm working on, like, as we like, right before we were talking, I was working on sending out an email where I'm taking... Um, I'm, I want to get a pulse for people in the more like what's 2020 done to your wellness? Like yeah. what, what's been going on for you um, because it needs to change. And I want to speak honestly and provide stuff that is relevant to us in larger bodies, um, but also I know that us in larger bodies isn't the whole story. It's us in larger bodies that are heart-centered people. Yeah, and it's getting that, and it's and it's speaking to that nature that we have in in us. Um, that's really what I think. Has made mortal love feel like, oh, this is different. Like, this is like, I honestly, I feel like I'm a part of the mortal love vibe, like community, even yeah. I'm a creator, like I feel like I'm just as equally a part of it because it's so much bigger than I am. Like I and um and I want to grow that in a in a cool way for 2020. Yeah, um, yeah. So <laughs> hope yeah, you, hope you personally no, fill out the questions. And I I, I did like a guided meditation. I did like I paired <clears> it with music. I'm just like this is you know. I'm stuck at home. Okay. This is my, this is now my office, my little yoga space. Yeah. Make it work.
0: Yep. Yep. No. And I definitely think what you're saying around like you feeling like you're part of it. I definitely think you are like, even this just kind of hit me, like even in the classes with zoom, it's (laughs) actually kind of fun to like do the gallery view though. And like see everyone practicing at the same time. So it's not that like, you know, you walk into a class and there's, there's, uh, you know, the teacher, which I think everyone is like, you know, really focused on and, and like, almost like propped up in a way, like, I just think that's even thinking about how it's different in a virtual environment where, like, everyone's in one big group, there's not, you know, there's obviously someone leading us and and instructing us on what to do, but, like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like anyone has that pressure to, like, perform for the teacher, and, like, there's no one walking around and, like, you know touching yeah. you like
1: it's, it's I just
0: totally different vibes it's great
1: <laughs> yeah i don't i don't even even when we we're in person i know i don't think i ever touched one person once yeah i was like not necessary right um, cat, cats cats are also part of mortal of yoga now there's <laughs> these cats on people's yoga mats <laughs> like my parent my mother does my class every week and the minute the the minute i like turn the minute she turns on the audio with a cat wherever that wherever she is she's like bombs down the stairs and like sits on the yoga mat and stays there with, so there's just like a lot going on. It's real life. Right. And like, I think that that's for me personally, I'm, I'm fatigued at this sort of Instagrammable wellness lifestyle. And it's an, also an edge for my body acceptance. Like I would hide myself, like showing my belly, showing my arms. So that something like that, even like, you know, eight, 10 years ago would have been unfathomable to me. Now it's like, I'm doing this. Yes, it's uncomfortable for, it's not like, I don't love, you know, but I know that it's, I'm allowed to, I'm. it's valuable yep. to, and it shows other people that you can be real, that it yep. doesn't have to look perfect. And, and when we can, sh- you know, drop the barrier of what we think our perfection has to be, then we can have an honest experience. And coming back to that like, sense of honesty, that is really what's at the heart of of why I create mortal love. Like, I, I want us to feel like we can be honest with ourselves, because you can work with the truth. You can't really work with lies. You can't work with fantasy. As much as they're appealing to us, we can only work with, like, the truth. And sometimes the truth is, oh my god, my belly is here, and I feel like I want to move it, but I can't. And so, no, move your belly. Like, you're forward holding. Move your belly. Like, let's remove the shame around, um, just being real with our bodies yeah it seems so like duh to to us now but it ain't (laughs) right
0: no and i think it's so like it's so important to come back to that because i think in you know maybe a traditional quote quote unquote yoga class i think when you have a teacher who doesn't have the experience of living in a body like yours they don't even know how to how to like unlock that for you because they're just doing what they do which you know, that's their experience, that's, that's fine, but I think it puts more pressure on people who don't fit into that Mm -hmm. very privileged yoga world, we're, like, (laughs) to, like, we feel like we have, we can't move our belly, or, like, we can't do child's pose in a different way, because, like, our boobs are up to our neck, like, I just, yeah, so many things, like, you feel like you have to put yourself in those uncomfortable positions, like you were saying, to just blend in and to do it the right way. And, like, I think that's also been huge for my own yoga practice is knowing there's no right way to do the postures. And that's really not what it's about. It's about the breathing and it's about the connection. And, like, because I think that is what going into, especially from a working out and athletic kind of background as well, like, you feel like you have to hold it the right way (laughs) for the right Mm -hmm. time. And, like, there's really – it's really not about that. And that's been – so great to join spaces like this that that really reinforce that and like let people just be
1: yeah and that was one of the you know what was one of the things early on with with more to love that I made a decision early on is that I didn't want yoga to feel like Simon says yeah so in a in a class I very rarely say the pose outright I'll usually have us all kind of gain ourself and sort of situate ourselves in the spectrum of that expression and then be like, and this pose is called blah, because it just, it, it's a flip of how things are normally taught mm. where, we're, you know, you hear, you hear a term, like, you know, you your yoga pose. And so you automatically now have a mental image based on probably someone that doesn't look like you getting into that pose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, I knew right away that there was even, even, even though I, uh, can adjust and accommodate for larger bodies, it's still only based on mine. So even, even within that space, I always try to at least give enough options, usually two to three, like versions of something. So you can find what works for you. And what kind of what started to me is almost sort of like a way to to like not piss off anybody in class. <laughs> I mean, like you don't do this pose, has turned into sort of the signature thing. It's like, yeah. What's your what's your warrior pose look like right now? And like just queuing in, like do you feel like you're you're um, holding tension somewhere that you don't want to? Like that someone that could mean their arm for someone else that could mean their leg. Someone. So if I can give enough space for you to interpret. And sense and make the choices for what works for you again that goes back to how I define confidence yeah little steps that just empower you in your in your own self-trust yeah um and it, I think it leads for a more rewarding experience yeah for me for me for you for some people don't like that kind of style of yoga and go find the one that you do like there's so much opportunity so and variety that like everyone can find their version
0: yeah like, Yep. Yeah. And I think like if you're someone who's tried yoga and hasn't found the right fit, like I would definitely say try the more to love because it's a class because it's just such a different experience and, and yeah, approaching it from that way of like, let's just kind of sink into the pose and then having that space to figure out, can I go a little further? Is this feel better or worse than the last time? That's okay. And just, I think that has been if you're someone who appreciates that and needs that space to kind of process, I think that they'll love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of approaching things with like this, like honesty and just being real and how a lot of times in wellness, um, like I think just the, the image of like what it looks like is propped up above all else rather than what it really is. Um, we talked a little bit about just this year and I, I really, I read your essay on having COVID and just really deeply admired like your vulnerability and, and honesty and transparency talking about that experience. I, I'm wondering if you, if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about that experience and kind of how that shaped, you, you alluded to a little bit of how you're envisioning the future of wellness and more to love. I'm wondering if maybe that might be an interesting starting point.
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I had COVID and so did my husband pretty early on, mm-hmm. um, when lockdown happened here in Massachusetts was like, I want to say mid-March, Yep. I was, um, already sick by that point. And I, I was honest, honestly, I was just in denial. I was like, this is a cold. I don't know what, and then yeah. by the time where it just, again, that's my own fear and insecurity. So do not think that I'm exempt from any of this <laughs> stuff. I am not. <laughs> yep. But when I went to the hospital because I couldn't breathe and I was sick, yeah, and I didn't have health insurance either. I was just, I was in a gap. Um, I was afraid because I yeah. saw I saw so many things about oh, being larger is a risk factor X Y Z. Um, so I went to the doctor and then I quickly got the test results back. And truthfully, they didn't have any treatments available. Yeah. They, there was none. I, I don't think there is, now that we know how to handle it a little better, back back then, it's only like a few months ago. Back back then. Feels like so long ago. Feels <laughs> like 10 years ago. I am so grateful that I have spent a decade of my life on body acceptance. Yeah. Because after after all the like the Advil, the this, the that, it's just me feeling like, I'm gonna die, honestly, and I and I don't mean that. Exa- Whenever you're sick, all of us sort of feel like I'm gonna feel like this forever. I'm gonna having COVID and having the the severity that I had, I could I could see how this could turn, and very yeah. quickly I would not be here anymore, and that was very sobering. So in the midst of me being really sick, like there were like three or four days that were the peak of the sickness. Even though I was sick for about six weeks total, there were three to four days of just like, what the hell is going on? And I just did body scans for like 72 hours straight. I would just go through body scans of checking in with my legs, my like blood, like things that I would like never even think about. I was like, how are my little like avioli Am I... and my, and I was just talking yeah, to my body and just trying to like, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like I was just saying to myself, I know, like my stomach like, and that is honestly what pulled me through. I, I can't explain how like after that, you know, few days of just deliberately tuning in and not trying to force or change. Like I had done everything that it was possible to right. do. Now it was honestly, it was my body's, my body's time to do what it was going to do yeah so having that level of trust saw me through and it fundamentally changed how i th- how i see wellness now because um you know in the, in the united states we're no stranger to this is like access to health care is such a tremendous barrier yeah but on on all levels just like i'm we're lucky you and i that we live down the street from one of the greatest hospitals in the universe yeah that is is luck and even you and i feel like sometimes that's not accessible because of our size yeah So just this this understanding that as marvelous and as miraculous as modern medicine is it there is this sense of self healing and self wellness that also is is just as valuable and has been going on for billions of years. so i really i guess i innately tapped into oh now i get why people pray a lot. now i get why people you know what i mean? now yeah. i get why like my you know my grandmother was always hawking this weird remedy like <laughs> I, just, I just i just got it and then i felt so much more connected to the bigger picture. so health and wellness to me has always been evolving. Like i have yeah. not on a specific definition for health and wellness, but I really do think that it is a negotiation between what are the real tools and resources available to us being humans in 2020 and having marvelous tools. But sometimes those tools aren't going to work for you. Yeah. Sometimes those things aren't accessible, which is a shame in and of itself. But sometimes even if they are accessible, it's just not for you. So how do we then come back to wellness within ourselves, and that really got me thinking about the next phases of mortal love becoming much more centered around like the individual experience, again, sharing with the collective. So I'm kind of creating these new programs and tools around like, how do you process your health, your wellness, your yoga, your mindfulness, your meditation, and then bringing that to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost like a support group, to be honest. Mm Because I think that's, that's genuinely where, where we're at right now. Retreats, classes, that's, I'm saying another year. Just, just being, just being, you know, honest, at least here in Boston. Um, But it's also opened the door for more people who aren't physically near me to come to Mortal Love. Um, Yep. And just the sense that, like, as, as we age, that the limits of access to healthcare, we can't depend on it all the time because they're, they're trying to figure out their own professions and their own stuff. How can we be well with what we have? Like what, what makes us well? And maybe it's just as simple as learning how to take two minutes out of your day to do some breathing exercises. Yeah. That it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be this life altering, like clear out your cupboards, like (laughs) remove, you know what I mean? And and that's How diet mentality sticks in like in order to be healthy you have to stop doing everything in your life and now here's a new plan that's too much to ask for people especially yep. now especially yep. now so again going back to that where are people at what does wellness mean to you today probably doesn't mean the same thing that it did this time last year yeah and that's okay that's okay like let's talk about that stuff and let's see how I can help make it easier for you and not, like, another burden or another thing to negotiate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's so true, like, when there's a novel (laughs) virus that no one in the world has ever seen before, I think it really just highlights, yes, there are amazing doctors and some of the smartest people, luckily, right in our backyard, but, like, I think it really highlights how important other aspects of taking care of ourselves really is in in those times. Coming up with your own plan almost for how you check in and how you can get through it. Cause I think, you know, everything you were saying, I I just kept thinking like that level of self-compassion when you're one fighting a virus that is being talked about everywhere, you can't escape it. So I think that in, in itself just raises everyone's anxiety. So having it at the same time, you know, incredibly challenging. And then the narratives that has been, really i think everywhere during quarantine around like you know memes about gaining the quarantine 15 and how obesity quote unquote is a is a risk factor it's like it it's really difficult when those are your realities and
1: and it, it is a process you know teasing apart the impact of weight as as the reason why you got no here here's the right. truth here here's the risk factor of of having a virus being a living creature yep <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you yep. have cells yeah. Viruses attack cells. Like that's, that's the thing. Um, the conversation around weight and health is one that I have been steeped in from before I even knew. Um, but I do see it changing. Yeah. So I, honestly see it changing actually um I'm, i i'm a part i'm a part of a panel or um, an advisory board um, through harvard medical school and mgh to examine weight bias mm. in healthcare, which shockingly had never been done before <laughs> no one has ever seen how like just the mindset around larger bodies in 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 access to healthcare is such a huge barrier yeah that that again, kind of, again, the theme of, like, we only uh, fool ourselves to think that even science, something with, like, you know, numbers and evidence is static and permanent. No, like, this evolution of how we're relating to information, how we're relating to um, treatments, and it's all evolving, and it's all changing, and it's frustrating, but also exciting that, like, I get to be a part of that little awareness of, you know what, doctors, maybe there's, like, some simple things that are, like, mindless to you that make a huge difference to a larger-bodied person. Yeah. Who not only is having all of these things going on, now doesn't have to worry about going into a doctor's office and all of a sudden being, being, being discounted as a human being, as, like, a worthless right. piece, of, piece of whatever because you're a larger body. Like, yeah, that right there is equally health and wellness, just as much as, like, you know, Getting a heart transplant. I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to think of something like really severe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and you know. I think because I have had medical stuff happen throughout my whole life. Um, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, PCOS, which is like a hormonal disturbance and affects the reproductive system primarily and a bunch of other things. So I'm really, I'm used to being in like medical settings sort of having to explain things, but I know that that's not common for a lot of people, um, that doctors are scary and rightfully so, a lot of shame and trauma. Um, But again, using that as a, as a, as a, as a source for what can you be proud of like what can yeah. you say that you're taking day by day not perfectly who cares about perfect like no one cares honestly um but just the intention right yeah setting that daily intention of you know what today i'm just gonna gonna do what feels good for me in my body yeah and leave it leave it open maybe that means going for a walk Maybe that means taking a bubble bath. Maybe that means something else. I don't know. But that intention of wellness, um, it, it smooths the road, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And I think I, it's, it's exciting to hear that there is a panel now and, and a group of people who are coming together to help shed light on that weight bias and the stigma that comes with it. I think I, it took me until I was like 28, 29 to find a PCP who was someone who is very, you know, health at every size. And it took me some time to even like build comfort with her and knowing and being able to go into the office knowing like I can say no to getting weight. That was one thing I learned this year. I'm mm-hmm. 30, 31. Like I just learned that this year. And like that has given me, that has helped me feel like I can advocate, because I think at the doctor, there's such that power dynamic, and you know, and, and knowing, yes, I can say, no, I, I don't have to get weighed, it has nothing to do with my health issue that I'm coming in for, mm-hmm. um, and so I think even, I'm remembering parts of your essay, you know, where you're just giving thanks for your body, and just that level of strength to be able to kind of cut through <laughs> all the bullshit that I think people like us have to deal with sometimes to just be treated with compassion and not just like, oh, your BMI, like that's, that's not a real thing anyway, but um, it takes a long time and, and it was, it was really just awesome to, to hear your story and to f- hear someone being so real about that experience when, you know, it's not an easy thing for anyone to go through. Um, yeah. so
1: Yeah. And also, you know, the thing that's going to start coming out now is the long-term effects. Yeah. And uh, that's, I mean, I have, I have two long, term I'm pretty sure one's here to stay um, from COVID. But we don't know what, what it's doing to our internal organs. And like, and I think that the biggest lesson for me was I shouldn't have waited as long as I did to get help. Mm -hmm. Again, who doesn't like, everyone says that really like the more that I can shine a light on, like you catching the global pandemic of a century is not a personal failing because right. you like chocolate a lot like or that you <laughs> like it's not like again that's that's the warpness yeah. of trauma that's the warpness of our like cognitive dissonance between like what's our responsibility and what's like yeah don't fuck around with it people yeah wear your masks <laughs> just yeah. just i i say i say it this way like would you would you bring spoiled food to a cookout? Right. No. Don't then wear your mask. Like that, that's just like <laughs> would you willingly give people food poisoning? <laughs> like that's kind of where I'm at like right now. Just don't be yeah. a jerk in the society, please. Yeah. Um <laughs> But you know what? At the end of the day, we all have to like figure out what helps us continue on. And for me, it has been wellness blended with body positivity, blended with like personal growth, blended with community. And that's the mix that works for me. That's my prescription. Um, And so everyone else gets to find theirs too.
0: Yep. 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 Well, thank you for sharing all that. I feel like I could talk to you for like another
1: hour. (laughs) We'll we'll have a part two sometime. Yes.
0: Yes. To close, I'd love if you could just think, um, I like to ask people, you know, what, what may be a piece of advice you would give to your younger self?
1: Oh, this is a great one because I just found a little picture of me today. I was snooping on some people of the like, who I grew up with in the neighborhood and I found this little picture of me from a Halloween party. I was probably like seven or eight mm-hmm. right when my body image stuff and I'm in, this, I'm in this genie outfit where it's like a two piece and I can yes. see my little belly out of it mm-hmm. and, and I want to tell little Rachel girl, you are so cool. Like, you just, this look she, this look I had on, just, just, like, a, it was a vibe. I actually put it on my Instagram, so you yeah. can actually see the photo. Um, I just wanted to tell her, like, just keep being you. Like, you are, you are just you, and, like, that's cool. People are gonna, like, get it someday. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I just think, I think a lot of times when we think about our younger pasts we're talking down to ourselves in a way like kind of talking as children and it's true but I really do feel like just being real like you are super pumped to be at that Halloween party because you know that this, the cider donuts were awesome there like <laughs> rock it like that, yep. that just, just be you like yep. go for it it'll, it'll work out trust me and I t- and me telling that to my future self like just just trust this like yep. trust this. just keep going with it so. Yep.
0: Yep. I think mean, that's so important because, like, you never know. You just have to know that you will always figure it out and come back. And
1: yeah,
0: life and always moves is. on, and we yeah. all figure it out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, make it work. Make it, that's kind of my motto for this year going forward. Just, just make it work. Just figure it out. Yeah. And as a, and as a helper, as a healer, it's actually been a relief to sort of be like, oh, I don't have to have it be like pretty and shiny. It can be just like messy and clunky and just fuddling through. It's actually been really cool because it gets me out of out of my own way, yeah, perfectionist trap. Um, yep. That I can just create and put stuff out there and just let it be what it's going to be. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much for putting this together. Thank yeah, of you for course. inviting me.
0: Of course. Yeah. I really appreciate it. So grateful for you and uh, look forward to seeing you at an upcoming class. Totally. Um, I will link your Instagram and everything in the in the show notes so people can come check you out. Yeah, for sure. And more to love. So Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel. This has been amazing.